Hi, I am Label Lion and this is a special edition of the Lessons with Lion podcast as we partner with Nescafe Classic to bring you Nescafe Grind Sessions. Today we're sitting down with Nontutugo Mabena, a qualified chef who's cooked for soccer teams, influential members of society and respected companies. She's the founder of a food business called My Own Chef and the co-founder of Wow, Wings on Wheels. Let's check her out. And just like a strong cup of coffee, today's conversation is going to leave you feeling inspired, leave you feeling more focused and sharp as we speak about the grind through the filter of being a professional. And that's quite a loose term because we can all debate about what professional means. But that you are true to yourself as well. And I think that's what's key. At the beach, wearing her bikini. Nothing out of the ordinary. And there was a whole article written about how unprofessional it is for her to pose in a bikini when she's actually Whoa. a professional surgeon. Which then, <laughs> that have really come about. Uh, what we find ourselves doing is that people have turned whatever they do into professional careers where they can walk into a bank and say, hey, listen, here's my salary from my business that I pay myself. Here are the returns. Here's everything. I'm professional in what I do. So therefore treat me that. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lessons with Lion podcast. I'm really excited about this hashtag Nescafe grind sessions because we're really getting cool information, informative information about entrepreneurship and we're getting it with a beautiful cup of coffee. I mean, what more could you ask for? Entrepreneurship and coffee, that's literally the best combination you can think of. And today we're going to be talking to somebody who's in a field that I'm really passionate about actually. So this is like my side thing that, you know, if if I had another career, this is what I'd be doing. And it's all about food, you know? And I think a lot of people are in this sector, but they don't know what to do with it, you know? It's easy to try to get into the food business, but it's actually not that easy to make it into something that sustains you mm. beyond a day-to-day -day paycheck, mm. you know? So I think this conversation is going to be really important for those of you who are building these kinds of businesses and who want to make them your entire career, not just a side hustle or a business that's a survivalistic business, mm. you know? I'm really excited about today's guest. And as you know, on the podcast, we do not introduce the guests, they introduce themselves. So please introduce yourself, beautiful lady. Hello, everybody. My name is Nondu Tugo. Um, I'm also known as Chef Nance. I am a chef, as Chef Nance. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been a chef for a couple of years now. Um, I have my own business. It's called My Own Chef. Um, I'm most popular for private dining, um, not really like... Uh, restaurants or hotels but that's where I did start so I do not have that experience um, I have a passion for food and I have a passion for people mm. I enjoy learning um, how food connects people to people and that's how I come in between and try to create make that experience even better so that's a little bit about me I love what you just said, how food connects people to people, yeah. you know, it goes back to that whole why conversation, you know, you don't just sell food, you're selling connections, you're yeah. selling friendships yeah. and family. But before we go into that, I want to just tick off something very controversial here. Okay. The difference between a chef and a home cook. Is there a difference? Because we've been seeing on Instagram, everybody's a chef. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's a, a home cook. There is a difference. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so for me, and maybe people who are in my line will probably agree, some may disagree. Mm. A chef is somebody who literally paid for a qualification. Just like somebody who paid to be a lawyer, just mm. some, somebody who paid to be a doctor. I have a perk to say that I'm a chef. I'm qualified for it. Um, and my knowledge of food is a little bit more in-depth than a home cook person is more home cook people are people who like experimenting with food and they know their food yes they do but to a certain degree they they are i don't know i don't want to say they're scared to stretch because they do stretch but there's a little bit of a of a fear for Mm. me when it comes to home cooks like a home cook would be scared to foam something whereas me that excites me like how do i make like foam out of this mm. or how do i blend uh, chocolate and avocado to make something out of it a home mm. cook would probably need me to do it first before they would do it too but also in the same breath home cooks are coming up these days and they're giving professional chefs a serious serious run for their money mm. they're starting businesses in the same way i'm starting i've started a business they are they are out there they are writing books they mm. have got tv shows they are killing it and in a way it's good to see that food is it's becoming a thing for people who necessarily didn't think that they could do whatever they wanted to do with food mm. um for me, it's just like, hey, I'm still a professional chef, so mine is still a little bit better than yours. It's just because I've got a qualification for it. Okay, that's, that's. I mean, I agree with you, you know. I'm a foodie, but I would never call myself a chef. A chef. I cook at home, but yeah. I'm not a chef, you know. Yeah. And um, this brings me to the next question, which is, do I need to then study um, a qualification in being a chef if we can all get into the same industry and serve the same clients? I mean, there's certain things that a chef would probably respect more in a kitchen than a home person, or a home cook does, excuse me. Uh, for example, there's little things in the kitchen that you would need to learn or mm. be taught um, over teaching yourself. And like I've seen like some of the people who have uh, YouTube channels, if you watch them, a simple thing like clean as you go, it ends up being like a show in the kitchen, like a mess in the kitchen, because a simple thing of once you're done with that, move it away. Mm-hmm. It will help you, you know, move smoother. It will help you cook better. People will be able to see what it is that you're doing. It won't be clustered. Just it will flow easier. So simple things like that, where as much as yes, it's a simple thing of clean as you go, but you had you needed to be taught that in order for it to be able to, or how you hold a knife if you mm. want to chop. There's a certain way to hold a knife. Um, why sh- why should your knife be sharp all the time? What is a what is the difference between a cut with a sharp knife and a blunt knife? You know, simple things like that mm. that for me will help and will make it better for you to be able to cook and share whatever it is that you want to do. Mm. It's basically the art behind the craft. Exactly. You know, you understand why everything becomes what it is because yeah. you literally understand how the entire process works. Yeah. I mean, I have to give that to you. I was watching a YouTube video about cutting onions mm-hmm. and I tried and it was so difficult. And yeah. I was like, there's so much technique. There's so yes. much practice that goes into this. Yeah. And you have to give those people, you know, their flowers whilst they're still alive. You yeah. have to give them their juice whilst they're still alive. So yes. I agree with you. What inspired you to become a chef? To be honest, when I first decided to be a chef i didn't know what i was going to do so the school that i went to um in grade 11 we got something called careers week Mm -hmm. in careers week i went to i went to a radio show my friend wanted to be a dj so we all went to the radio show together (laughs) because we thought maybe we could all be djs Mm -hmm. 
Then I was like, nah, I, too many buttons, gadgets, now I must learn. Also, people are very rude. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to cater to a certain niche. Um, you are also out there as much as you're in radio. People get to know who you are. And I also like, like my private space. Um, so that was a no. My mom is a teacher, so I thought, let me go to work with my mom. I went to work with my mom. Kids are a lot. Mm-hmm. So no, that wasn't for me. My dad worked at the chamber, so I went to go work with my dad. And I thought, maybe let's try the whole corporate thing. I felt the walls of the office closing <laughs> in on me. The paperwork kept piling up. You thought, okay, it's lunchtime. No, lunch is eaten at your desk. And I thought, no, never. Um, and because at home I enjoyed cooking, my dad was like, why don't you just go to, you know, a hotel somewhere? And we called and then they said, no, it's cool. She can come. I went in and I even went in the next day again. That's how much fun I had. And I realized then that this is what I'm meant to do. You know, um, last week I was speaking to Hurisa Niravere and we were talking about how people think the grind has to be hard. Mm -hmm. Does the grind have to be hard? I don't think it has to be hard. Um, I think there are aspects of the grind that are hard, but Mm. that just comes with what you do for a living and what you love to do. Mm. If you love something, then um, yes, it's not hard to do it, but there are certain aspects of it that are hard. So for me, for example, I love cooking, but um, I am not a pastry chef, Mm. for example. Mm. So if somebody says to me, please bake me a cake, I can definitely bake you a cake. I can do it, but it's not going to look like the cake that you wanted. (laughs) So that's the hard bit of it. So I don't think the grind necessarily has to be hard, but... I mean, that's why it's called grind, right? Right? Yes. Because you have to put in the work, yes. but it should be enjoyable Yeah, as exactly. Well. Otherwise, exactly. why are you doing it? Exactly. You know, you spoke about how you tried so many different things before you landed on your passion, mm-hmm. which is cooking. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast, a lot of young people are struggling with their purpose and finding it. And there's a lot of shame in saying, I actually don't know what I want to do. Yeah. What would you say to those people? I mean, if you are in that position, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially because of the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. There are so many different careers. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many different options for people. Uh, And like when we were younger, it was either this or that, essentially. Um, So if you are in that position and you are lucky enough to be like me, go to different aspects. Go to different areas. Um, Call different places. If you... If you think that I have an interest in this, go to that thing and see what happens. Is your interest piqued or is it not? And then keep moving. One thing that I I always advise people is don't sit still. Mm. Don't do nothing. Mm. Even if it means that today I'm here at wherever I'm at and it's actually not fun, you found that out by doing something, mm. by not sitting and doing nothing. So it's very important just to keep it moving. That way your mind is also moving and you're keeping yourself occupied um, you're learning a new thing and for me whether you like the thing or not you've learned a skill that you can't necessarily get rid of mm. and it will help you somewhere else further along the line um, I did not see myself as a radio jock at all but I have an appreciation for it mm. like those people who do gra- graveyard shift I mean who's listening to the radio for me for example at like two o'clock in the morning somebody has to be there and for me that's what I, I essentially learned about that so don't sit still don't do nothing keep 
going. I love that. I, you know, I think I've been saying that a lot <laughs> for this Nescafe grind sessions. That's good. But I really love what everyone has to share because it's the truth. Yeah. You know, you cannot find your purpose by thinking about it. You have to live it. Yeah. You have to try things and experiment and then you'll know. Just like finding the perfect cu- p- cup of coffee. Exactly. You know? You'll exactly. never know what kind of coffee yes, you like you until know. you try all of them. Yeah, <laughs> you have to try coffee with milk or without milk. Exactly. Too much milk, too little milk. One sugar, two sugar. Exactly. You have to. Yeah, you have to. I agree with you. So um, I know that you mentor up-and-coming chefs and cooks. And I want to talk a little bit about mentorship, especially with younger people. Because my experience of mentoring younger people is that they don't really understand how the relationship should work. Yeah. So can you tell us what mentorship is to you and how you feel mentorship should work in the culinary space? Okay. Um, For me, mentorship is somebody who, who will advise... Uh, somebody who will listen mm-hmm. and somebody who will share what they can share with you um, with regards to what it is that they're mentoring you mm-hmm. on. Um, in the culinary world, for me, one of the things that I like sharing with the people that I'm mentoring, like recently I had a discussion with one of the guys, is that he's about to go into the industry for the first time. It's hard. Mm. So I'm I'm responsible for sharing the raw truths with them. As much as they're still going to learn those truths when they get to somewhere, but it's nice to be a little bit prepared for those truths. Mm. So I think also that's what a mentor should do. Um, don't hide anything as a mentor, which is sometimes very, very difficult because um, some of the things that I went through when I was I was a student, as much as I would have liked to hear from somebody else that this is what it's going to be like, in the same breath, I'm like, um, it's good that somebody didn't tell me because then I would have probably um, not taken it as seriously as mm-hmm. I did. Um, as a mentor, you also just have to give yourself or make yourself available for somebody. Um, I don't know if you have the same experience that I have. Um, people who you're mentoring, they're almost like babies in the <laughs> sense of that, like they want to clarify everything mm, with you. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm about to do this. Is it fine? Yes. Or, okay, I've got these two choices. Which one should I choose? Uh-huh. And in the same breath, like you can't necessarily make a decision for a person. Mm. I can advise you on these are your two options. Option A is like this, option B is like this, but it's ultimately up to you. You have to make that decision. Mm. And also as a mentor, you are a a source of support. Mm. A lot of kids um, that I know that are in the culinary industry don't have support from family, merely because in 2020, some families still don't see chefs as a professional career. Mm. So people are following their dreams and they're like, you know what? I don't care what mom and dad or granny or auntie has to say, I'm still going to do this thing. And they're still like, Maria Pega, like, you're just cooking. That's yeah. all you're doing. And Anyone can do it. Anyone can do that. <laughs> Heck, I do it, you yeah. know. You've been eating my food since you were a child. And now you want to go and do this mm. thing. So for, for me, I'm finding myself as a, but you can do this. Just keep going. Just keep going. They will understand it one day. Mm. One day they will understand it. They don't have to understand it now. It only has to make sense to you. Because if it makes sense to you, then it will become a reality for them. They're going to be those people who be like, yeah, no, this, this guy is my child. He's a chef, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're going to be, it's going to be cool for them. Mm. And people are not going to wonder. People are not going to speculate. Is this person serious or what? So I think for me, yeah, that's a, that's, so I advise, I support, I monitor. And yeah, I think it's about it. I think you've made a really amazing point there where you were saying 
your mentor doesn't validate your hustle for you. No. You know, you need to be sure that this is what you want to do and the mentor just guides you through it. Yeah. Your family doesn't validate your hustle. Yeah. You have to validate it for yourself yes. and they'll see as time goes on that yeah. what you're doing actually matters and actually works for you. That's so important. I, I wish we could like repeat that a million times. Yes, absolutely. It's so important. Absolutely. I wish it was also repeated to the families. Mm. Just so that they can also see that, you know what? Your validation for this person, what they've chosen to do, regardless of what it is, mm. is so important. Like, just that support to say, my family supports me. It can push a person so much more. Their grind becomes, it's still a grind, but it just becomes a little bit more easier, Mm -hmm. a little bit more tolerable to say, Mm -hmm. oh, it's four o'clock in the morning and I have to go. It's that much easier when your mom is the one who's making the coffee for you to wake up to go to work. Mm -hmm. It's just that much easier. Even if your mom is not the one making the coffee, you know that this person appreciates what I do. They support what I do. So let me go and do it. Yes. Yeah. Ah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, I saw on your profile that you work with your husband in one of your businesses. I do. That's tricky. What is it like working with a spouse in your, in your grind? And how do you guys have a common vision? How do you, how do you find a way to work together? So what I love about, um, that is he has his own thing. He has his own work. He has his own passions, Mm. but when he met me, he took up my passion of food. Okay. So for me, that was like, Oh, that's very nice of him. He didn't have to do that because he's an accountant. I'm not <laughs> going to learn spreadsheets and numbers and yeah. F equals to X. No, I'm not going to do that. And he saw that this person's got a serious passion for what they're doing. With his skill, he was mm. able to help me to stop my business. He was able to help me, uh, you know, make sure all of the boxes are ticked and all of that. Um in my business that I work with him, I'm the boss. I'd like to think. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we, we for work, we've got a serious thing of communication. Mm. Um, and we've also got the thing of we don't bring work into our private life. As easy as it is to do that. Sometimes we're like, ah, dude, now we've been talking about work the whole day. Ah, it's enough now. Mm. Or when it's time for work, we're like, hey, you're slacking. Like, come on, bring your, pull up your socks. Um, he lets me do what I need to do, but in the same breath, he's also the same guy who will be like, you're losing it now. Mm-hmm. So bring it back. Cause mm-hmm. I tend to do that. I tend to get lost. Um, even when I'm some, if someone's house cooking, I'll be working, working, working. And I'm terrible with taking pictures of okay. my food. I'm terrible. <laughs> I get lost in that moment. Yeah. Then he'll, he's the little voice at the back of my head that says, Hey, you need to take a picture so we can post it. Mm. So that balance for me is very, very good. You're lucky. I'm very lucky. A lot of people keep saying you're so lucky because yeah. I could never do it. Yeah, you're, you're very lucky. It's a blessing. And you spoke about something that I was going to touch on, actually, which is taking pictures for social media, right? Oh, boy. So how has, what kind of marketing have you done for your business? And has social media played a big part in that? You know, when you said I'm blessed... I can echo that. <laughs> I am unbelievably blessed. When I started this business, um, I started it during COVID. Mm. And what I did was we put up WhatsApp statuses mm. for people. Hi, we're cooking this and this and this today. It's this much money for a plate. Would you like to buy? That's all we did. Mm. And people bought. Mm. And then from there, we started the, um, the Instagram page. And we were posting, hey, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. And it picked up from there. I didn't necessarily pay anybody to 
to help me with an Instagram page. I didn't pay anybody to repost. I didn't have to do all of that. Um, I also just feel like sometimes the work speaks for itself. Um, I've got a lot of people who say I'm referring you to whoever and then that referral comes back to me. So for me, that's all, that's all it's been. I haven't, I don't find myself sweating on social media, looking for work or looking to post, looking for something. I can't, I'm not going to call you and say, please help me with, I really, I'm super blessed. Mm. That's the best way that I can explain it because I've honestly picked up and I've grown from strength to strength doing what I've been doing from the beginning. When you mentor the up and coming chefs, do you advise them to use social media at all? Oh, 100%. Or do you just say to them, take the traditional route, oh, find a job? 100%, 100%. Social media is honestly what you make it for. That's how I believe social media mm-hmm. to be. It's honestly what you make it. Um, if you put yourself out there in the correct way for your business, you will reap those rewards. Um, so please, hundred percent use social media. I use social media. I post what I cook. Um, I post what I'm feeling. I'm posting, you know, um, what I want to try. I I post all of those things and they see that this is what she's posting. So for them, it's okay for them to see, Oh, it's, it's cool. We can post this. We can post this. We can post this. Mm. Use it as an avenue to find places. Sometimes people are necessarily looking for you, but you're looking for them. Mm. And it's up until you found them that they know that, Hey, I've been looking for you actually. (laughs) So that's another reason why social media is really, really good. I like to think of social media as like a tool for referrals, you know? Yes. If you do well enough, people repost you and that's a referral. That's yep. people saying, look at who I found. Exactly. I think they're great. Go exactly. check their page out, you know? Exactly. And what I want to know about that whole referral system is customer service. I mean, you're in Woo. the food business. Customer service is heavy in the food business. Can you tell us a few stories about your experience? I wish the people listening to this podcast could see my body language right now because, wow, customer service and... The thing is, food is personal to people. Food is very, very personal to people. And one of the things I like to tell people that I'm mentoring is they are not gunning at you personally. So do not take things personally. In the food industry, you are not allowed to take anything personally Mm -hmm. because you you are dealing with people's food. Um, Some of the stories, oh, Lord... I don't know if I can say some of them, they're that bad. Somebody (laughs) once was so upset. Okay, I'll I'll go way back as well. The one time um, in the kitchen, I was working in a hotel and they sent the steak back. So, you know, there's this thing of never send your food back. Mm -hmm. As a professional chef, I can tell you, send it back once. Yeah. That's safe. Yeah. After that, don't do it. You're messing, you're playing with fire. Don't (laughs) do it. This guy kept sending the steak back. Oh, we had so much fun with this piece of steak. And after we played with it, only then was it good. Wow. And I'm telling you this for free. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not And I'm proud of it because, (laughs) hey, we're tired also. We're tired. We've been working on the steak. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, So he sent this piece of steak back once. Okay, we fixed it. And then it came back again. After it came back again, there was something else that was wrong. This guy was like, okay, he's going to learn. We left the steak to sit just there on the corner of the grill where it's not too hot and it's not too cold. And it sat there and it sat there and it sat there. Mm -hmm. And then we just put like excess amounts of salt on it. And we sent it out. And only then was it good enough. Wow. Um, Another time, this lady said to me, she wants me to make her roast chicken. She wasn't particular on the flavor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She wasn't. She just said to me, 
roast chicken. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when you're a chef, now you must try and impress, right? So you can't just put chicken spice, put it in the oven, and say, here's your roast chicken. You've got to be fancy about it. You've got to do herbs, and you've got to do oranges and lemons, all these fancy things, sliced beetroot, whatever, right? So I give her this chicken, and she's like, this is not what I ordered. Mm. I said, this is definitely roast chicken. And she's like, but I'm not happy with this. And at that moment, that's when I have to humble myself. Yeah. Because it's not about me at that moment. And it's not about the work that I did, regardless of whether it was good or not. She understood roast chicken as me putting chicken spice and putting it in the oven and giving it to her like that. That's how she understood it. So customer service is absolutely important in the cooking world. And how have you managed people's expectations going forward? Because, I mean, it's just like coffee. You know, everyone has a different perception about what it's supposed to taste like mm. and have different expectations. So with food, I imagine it's more complex. You yeah. know, like you said, roast chicken to me is this, but to somebody else. Yeah. How have you managed people's expectations? I think the grind is also something that we all have to understand about your grind is you have to maintain your grind. Mm -hmm. So for me, how do I maintain? I have good customer relationships. Mm. I have good client relationships. So even when a client doesn't need my service, they know that I'm available to them whenever they need me. Mm. Or they can even come to me and ask me for a referral for somebody who, do, who does podcasting. They know I'm a chef and I've got nothing to do with podcasting. <laughs> but they're like, hey, I've got a good relationship with this person. Maybe she will know. Mm. Um, it's good for me to be able to say I'm maintaining my relationship with my clients by sometimes rocking up and saying, hey, I just want to cook something for you nice. Um, so that's what I'm saying. For me, how I understand it is the grind is also maintaining it and making sure that you are available and you're honest with your customers as well. Mm -hmm. If I can't help you today, I'm not going to say yes, I can, and then not deliver that. Yes. Be honest, because also if you are honest about your grind, it will also help you get further. People will appreciate the fact that, you know what, she said she can't do this, or she said she would do this, but she's not being able to, whatever the reason is, but she was honest about it. Mm. So that, for me, was a very, very big learning lesson i think you've hit the nail on the head there being honest is so important i mean i run a service business yeah. we literally consult for people and we do strategies for them and things can go wrong absolutely you know and what i learned over time is just be honest with your client yeah people aren't that bad you know the yeah. universe wants you to win yes so people are okay with you saying i've actually made this mistake can you give me time to fix it and we can move along yeah <laughs> i think a lot of young entrepreneurs are afraid to admit when they don't do things right and it's like but people make mistakes all it's really the time <laughs> all the time yeah. and i think one thing that people must also understand is that when you're making a mistake, it's not an intentional mistake. Exactly. You don't wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to make a mistake today. Mm. It's not, and because of that, it's a mistake for a reason. It's mm. not intentional. You will be able to get away with being honest about it because you didn't want to do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's not malicious. It's not it's malicious. It's just a mistake. Exactly. And if it's malicious... Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was saying if it's malicious if you do it maliciously then you're hurting your own brand you're hurting your grind you're hurting your clients and trust me clients talk yes people talk mm -hmm. if you're gonna do malicious things with your grind people are not gonna buy your nescafe anymore because they're yeah. gonna be like ah, nescafe is not good but 
Just be honest. You know, I want to move past this, but just quickly on this topic of people talk, right? Mm. So we're both in business. We have our own businesses. And one thing I've experienced is, yes, people talk, but sometimes you have clients who don't have good intentions. 100%. You know, and so how do you as the business manage that? Where you say, but I gave this person everything. I was honest. I did what I had to do and they're still not willing to budge. How should chefs and people who own food businesses um, react to that? How should they manage that? You know what? It's going to sound bad when I'm about to say, but it's, it's helped me so far. Mm. When you can see that a person is not coming with good intentions for business, it's okay to say no. Yes. A bag. I know we're all trying to get our money. I know, I know, like I know, <laughs> but that particular bag is not, not for worth you. It. It's not worth it. And you'll find that when you say no to this one particular person, you're going to say yes to two others. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's okay to say no to some business. Mm. And it's so important. It helps you keep your peace mm. in your company. Um, you're a human being at the end of the day. And you need to function as a person. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like I'm being attacked or I'm being um, bad mouthed, mistreated yeah. for no apparent reason... Why continue? Mm-hmm. Why put yourself through that? You're going to work even harder to bring yourself back mm. if you continue with the bad business. Do you know what I mean? That's so true. So <laughs> say no. It's okay say to no. say no. You're, you're not saying no to everything. You're only saying no to the bad. And bad things, they show themselves. Yeah. That, ah, dude, this is bad. Let me not. This mm. is bad. I mean, I think I'm t- I'm being cheesy right now, but yeah. I mean, if you take it back to like uh, the perfect bag of coffee beans, yeah. you know, you can't have a bad bean no. in that bag because yeah. the entire batch of coffee is gonna taste really bad, <laughs> you know. And and one thing I've also learned is energy. Yeah. Like you give your clients the energy that you get from wherever you come yes. from. So if you have one bad client and you're, get, you're giving them bad energy and they're giving you bad energy, you give it to the rest of your clients. Exactly. So you lose out yeah. completely. It's not a luxury to say no. It's actually a, a way to survive and a way to thrive. Yes. You know, it's not Absolutely. a luxury. It's not because you're privileged that you can Absolutely. say no. It's that you're not privileged and you're trying to, to thrive. That Absolutely. you should say no when things don't work for you. Yeah. Okay. So let's play a little game. I love games. <laughs> Uh, Do I win a prize? No. Ah! The prize is sharing knowledge. A prize. <laughs> can my prize be yes. another cup of coffee? <laughs> Maybe, yes. Maybe, <laughs> your prize can be another cup of coffee. So let's say we're having a luncheon. Okay. Right? And the drink of choice, the star of this whole luncheon, is a Nescafe cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You can decide if you want strong, mild, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to design a four-part menu for our luncheon. Take us through it from the beginning Sweet to the end. Sweet <laughs> I should have known it was coming to this. <laughs> okay, four parts, meaning four different... Courses. Courses, yeah. Okay. Or, or you can change it up if you want. If you feel like it's not a full pot type of thing and you want to let us know. Okay, and I'm pairing it with coffee. Yeah. Nescafe coffee. What's the weather like outside? It's sunny, but it's not too hot. Okay. So we're sitting in the garden. We're then. sitting in the garden. Okay. For starters, we can do a... Do you know how yummy coffee and citrus is? Yes. 
Oh, you do? I, I'm obsessed with coffee. <laughs> so I, I've experimented with coffee. I make my own coffee drinks at home. Like, I am that girl. Coffee and citrus is amazing. If you've never tried it, those who are listening, you better try it. So I'll do mm-hmm. like a nice little citrus salad because we're girls and we sort mm-hmm. of watching our figures. Um, to start with, <laughs> <laughs> I just killed her. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. okay. Let so me that's, compose that That's myself. a starter. And then for a main course, I'd probably wait, wait. do... I think I should have been more specific. So what kind of coffee would we have with every single meal? Okay, okay, okay. So for the, the citrus coffee, maybe I'd do like a, a cold coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nescafe has that... I'm saying Nescafe. Yes, it is Nescafe. They have that... Um, oh, Lord, it's running away from me now. But it's like a mild coffee. It's not mm-hmm. very strong. It's like yeah. a mild one. Um, and maybe with a little bit of milk, no, actually a lot of milk so that it can pair nicely. Yes. And then for main course, we'll probably do like a proper, proper cup of coffee to however people like it. Um, because I think with that way people will enjoy their meal even better because the cup of coffee is suited to how they like the coffee. Mm -hmm. And what are we having in that second course? In the second course, we are having... What did I have the other day? Duck, maybe. Mm, I thought you were going to say that. Yes. We can have some duck. And with the duck, we are serving the duck with couscous because we're sitting in a garden. Mm -hmm. And we can have like a a coolie to go with it. Maybe a berry coolie for some sweetness that will go nicely. People who don't know what a coolie is. Oh, sweet (laughs) nibblets. I'm so sorry. It's a sauce. It's a reduction. It's a sexy sauce. Yeah. That's the best way. It's a sexy sauce. With the coffee. And then I would do a palate cleanser. Uh, the palate cleanser would probably be a sorbet, maybe a coffee-infused sorbet. Yum. And then for dessert, I would do a... No, not ice cream. No, not cake either, because that's a typical. Tart? Like no, a tart. not a tart. Okay. Maybe, a, instead of having a, a coffee drink, maybe a coffee-infused, like, brulee. Mmm, yum. Yum. With that like sounds great. Berries. That sounds great. I hope people from Nescafe are listening. Cough, and call cough. me to cook it. <laughs> Nescafe luncheon, we're waiting. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> okay, so I'm um, getting back to our conversation. Okay. You're a mompreneur, Right. And I have a lot of listeners, young and older, who are mompreneurs. And they say that they find it really difficult to balance the two. How do you do that? I love how you say I'm a mompreneur. I have no babies. Oh, God. I got the wrong information. My I bad. Have, I have no little ones. Where did I get that from? I don't know. But I, I, maybe you got it from the fact that I spend a lot of time with my friends and their kids. Uh, you might have got it from there. That. I don't know. Do you have another sister who has a kid? No. No. Okay. No. We'll my child that. could be my we'll sister too. That. We'll scrap that. I got, no, I got that I have from no somewhere. babies. Okay. <laughs> my apologies. From your mouth to God's ears. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. We're going to end it off just now. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Mm-hmm. Let me just give some space for that mompreneur thing. Oh, so sweet. I really thought you were a mompreneur. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm a, I spend a lot of time with my friends and their kids, so that's how it could be mistaken. Okay. It's okay, uh, though. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, okie dokie. Mm-hmm. So, you're in the food business, right? And it's a really tough business because the products that you sell don't have a long shelf life. Yeah. 
And how do people in this business, how do you maintain that? How do you present your service as a product? How do you do that as a chef? Um, when you're working with food, you must move with the times. Don't get left behind. So if back in the day you used to make your lamb stew by boiling it first, you must now come to 2020 and not boil it first. Mm. So with food, it's important to keep reinventing yourself as time moves. That's why you'll see there's different things that come up when it comes to food. Um, this, this, the way people garnish is not the same anymore. The thing like... Just, yeah, just evolve with Trends. the time. Trained, man. It's important to keep up to date. Like, I follow a whole lot of food um, uh, people, food ch- channels. I watch a whole lot of food TV. Mm. Outside of the fact that, yes, I'm a chef and I enjoy these things, it's also educational for me because it's really, really important to, to, to grow with the time, just like your grind. Yes. You know, you've got to keep doing that. What message do you want to leave our listeners with there? Most of them are young. Most mm-hmm. of them are just starting their businesses. Or some of them have been in the business for maybe two to three years. So they're still pretty new in the industry. What do you want to leave them with? It's never too late to do what you want to do. It's never, ever too late. Um, if you find yourself in a position where you're working a job that you don't necessarily want to do, Research what you want to do, you know, be smart about it. It's so important to be in tune with yourself and in tune with your needs, because if you are in tune with them, you'll be able to figure out a plan to figure out a way of how it is to go about to get to those things. Um, Also, because of the times that we're living in, social media is a really, really, really big, 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 big place. So don't see people living the way they're living and thinking that, it's that easy. It's not that easy. Your grind is your grind because it's 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 work. Mm. And when you are willing to do that work, you will get to where you're going. You get to where you want to be. But it's important to know that it's never too late to start. That's the best thing I can tell people. It's never too late to start. I, I want to tweet that. I want to Instagram it. You I want to Facebook you it. must. Because that's never. an important message. It's never, ever too late to start and it's never late to reinvent yourself it's 100%. never too late to reinvent yourself you can always make things happen the way you want them to happen 100 percent. welcome to the nest cafe classic grind sessions with myself Sani ravele this session is created for you to inspire you on your grind and just like a strong cup of coffee Today's conversation is going to leave you feeling inspired, leave you feeling more focused and sharp as we speak about the grind through the filter of being a professional in the traditional sense, but also dabbling in the social and, you know, lifestyle influence space. My guests for today are Nontutuka Dube, who is a professional chef as well as the founder of My Own Chef, private cooking in the comfort of your own home. Gail, Kupa, can you visit me, you know? I don't have the millions, but I I aspire to a lifestyle. That's the thousands, not the millions. Not the millions. millions. We're also joined by Dr. Musa Wenkosi. I mean, now when I have to call you like this with the history that we have, now I must call you professional things like Dr. Musa Wenkosi (laughs) Ntombeli, who is a medical doctor, but he's also, of course, a man of the arts. And he is one person that says, I can live it all, I can do it all, and I can do it all well. 
Welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? Please don't be so serious, please. Okay, I'll stop saying that. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll even turn down the bass in my voice. Thank you. You can wait. I know it's not your TV, but we can still be relaxed, okay? Okay? Okay. Last but not least, we're joined by Caroline Wiley. She has got 30 years of experience when it comes to business development, sales, and customer service. And if you are the person that is looking to connect people to the right solutions, this is your girl. This is your girl when it comes to the corporate and SME IT space. Welcome to the Thank show, Thank you. Caroline. Great to be here. Now, let's talk about how when we look at the definition of a professional, in the year 2020, how the journey of a professional has changed and just where you find yourselves in the space today. Let's start with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but to be honest, I needed 2020. Okay. Mm. Because I'm a person who procrastinates way too much. So 2020 happened, well, not 2020 happened, COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it right. Because 2020 was here before COVID was yeah. here. Yeah. So COVID happened and my husband and I were sitting at home and we were looking at each other like, now what? Mm. Like, what are you going to do now? And then from friends saying, oh, but your food is nice, do something. Then I made it official. So I needed 2020 or COVID to happen to make me realize that I can actually do it. And this thing of not, you know, putting myself down and procrastinating, it was good for me. Yeah, for you, Musa, I mean, a whole professional doctor, medical yeah, doctor, and now it's like, you're in the social space as well. That's a whole new narrative, right? Look, it is a new narrative. I think the reality that we find ourselves in is that for the past couple of years, not just 2020, we found ourselves really opening up this whole definition of what a professional is, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the traditional sense is always be an accountant, be a doctor, mm -hmm. be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everyone else was always described as our parents' generation as someone that really isn't anywhere, unless you're like a government employee. And I think the years... <laughs> that have really come about, uh, what we find ourselves doing is that people have turned whatever they do into professional careers, where they can walk into a bank and say, hey, listen, here's my salary from my business that I pay myself, here are the returns, here's everything, I am professional in what I do, so therefore treat me that way. And I think just that change has really opened up a lot of people to what the discussion nowadays is with regards to content creation and influencing and things like that, where parent will sit with their child and the child will be making more than the parent because Ooh they are professional in what they do and they've taken the task that they live for mm. as a professional thing. And I think that's been amazing. Mm. Caroline, as a person that's in the job of connecting people, mm. is this narrative complex thought to you or is it a case of like, yeah, we need to adapt and we're going with the times and it is what it is? Yeah, so I think it's definitely, things have pivoted and I know that term's been used loosely. Ooh, pivoted, new it's normal. Pivoted. Oh. New normal. <laughs> And people have pivoted, which is so amazing. So people have come out of the closet who are doing things that they might have loved doing before, yeah. and it's forced them to go into that as a profession. Mm. Um, or they are being stretched in their current career or profession. And I think that's what's so amazing about the time we're living in. Mm. Um, the social media side of it has, has brought in another element too, because you can brand yourself as anything or anyone. Yep. And I think that in itself is really important to note because... What you're presenting online um, needs to be followed through with your actions. Yeah. And I think that's what's really key here. So as, as an employer or somebody who's taking on somebody within their organization, mm -hmm. you're going to have to sift through a little bit of what's out there to actually get to the nuts and bolts and see what you're dealing with. So I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge. But it's the perfect opportunity to reinvent yourself mm. um, and rebrand yourself. And I think that branding is, is so key. Mm. You can become a brand ambassador of yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's so exciting. So I think the opportunities are endless. That's something 
that nobody teaches you in school though, right? When you are putting together a curriculum vitae, a whole CV, nobody is talking to you about personal branding and the fact that as a doctor, as a chef, you too are a business and yeah. you can have influence in your space. How, how are you building a different resume now than you were before? I mean, personally for me, I think an image when I say image, I don't mean my image. I mean like an image of what it is that you do, mm. you know? So Musa's a doctor, but it's for now, it's not enough to put doctor on the CV and the, with no we must picture. With we must see, we must see, <laughs> we must be able to feel, we must be able to touch, do you know what I mean? So for me, for example, when I meet a client, I will say, okay, let's do a few tasting first. So that you can sort of understand what it is that I'm trying to do a little bit differently than the standard, here's a menu. Here's a waiter, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's just a little bit different. Interact with the person, make them involved in the process, make them feel as important as they would when they were outside. Make them feel like, hey, this process is involving me and I feel important. Like, the steak is good because I'm involved in the fact that the steak is good. So, so basically, gone are the days where you must write down your ID number, what uh, code, can't, uh, can't. driving license you have, you and things like that. What are you adding now that you wouldn't have added before in your, in your resume? I think people like experiences yeah. and I think what's changed over the years is that we're able to give people experiences without ever having met them before. Mm -hmm. So Ooh. if you are living in social media, people have an experience of you mm -hmm. without ever having met you before. So this goes both ways. So there are people that have a very, very problematic social media profile. Yes, there are <laughs> these big... Problematic! Yeah, these, these big professionals. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to go for. But okay. what people experience from you on your social media, whatever it might be, will see you as that. And I think what we need to start reframing is what you want to be seen as from a social media perspective and what you want to do. And that in itself will bring about an experience. But then also how other people interact with each other. Because in as much as social media exists, we are also interpersonal within each other. Yeah. So how Hulisani sees me, she will mention in a sideway conversation about something else to someone else. And that person has an impression of so who like, I oh, am. That, Musa. Yes. And, uh. and I think if, if we as people start looking at things that way, in that not just my social media, but who I am as a human being, we need to start shaping that and making that our CVs for yeah. 2020. Yeah. Okay, if we're talking about problematic social media mm. CVs, what's the, what's the, like, the, the impact of that? And, I, and nobody is perfect, mm. right? Yeah. But if I see Dr. Musa in his social life yeah. doing something that I'm like, hmm, my dancer does that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, how do we... So I think that's really key. So how do you brand yourself and what is that stamp or that imprint that you're putting out there that's going to be there for life? And I yes. think that's what's really important because it's going to follow you for yes. the rest of your life. Yes. And employers are now looking at your history in terms of social media, what you've done, what your footprint has been. So it's really, really important that you come across as someone professional. Mm. And that's quite a loose term because we can all debate about what professional means. Mm. But that you are true to yourself as well. And I think that's what's key, mm. is be honest about who you are. And I think it's also really important to inject a little bit of something different, something mm. unique, because that's going to make you stand out. Um, so be honest, but don't be reckless, is yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. But, yeah. but let's be honest, when you were a student, you were well, living your best life. I was. How did you transition from student to professional? I was, but I also feel like 
what we went through as we were students is not the same as what they are going through and they are students like <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit easier for us. Not easy in the sense of that what we were doing was easy, but it was easier to be free because mm. there weren't so much pressure. There wasn't so much pressure. And no one was watching and you And no one was watching you. Exactly. You know, there wasn't that thing of when you go and apply for a job, someone's going to go back and check your Facebook, Google to what your hashtags and what you posted. Did you, did you ever say something bad about whatever, whatever hospital where mm. now you're trying to be a doctor? Mm. Something, you know, things like that. We were a little bit, just a little bit. I'm a bit free. here and there about that. Okay. Uh, so I understand that you need to be a professional, but there are elements that live within your professional space. So if mm. you are a surgeon and you go to work, my posting a meme about Christmas or about New Year's or something funny should not affect how you think I'm going to do a surgery because in that space, I'm a professional. But what if your post is saying something about who people get reckless over New Year's and the ER gets a bit, uh, and I don't actually enjoy that? Where do you... So in that, my, ex that? my experience in social media is that this is the truth. I'm a doctor. I've worked in casualties. So I know, know what ERs are like. People do very reckless things and they come into casualty. And not that doctors want to sleep all night. Doctors don't mind being up all night. It's just when it gets busy, we are taken away from actually helping sick people by having to look after all the guys that have bottles that were hitting their head and yeah. this and that. I mean, this throws me back to something that happened a couple months ago. I don't know if you know about it. This um, woman who's a female doctor, she's a surgeon. She went on her own Instagram, posted herself at the beach wearing her bikini. Nothing out of the ordinary. Mm. And there was a whole article written about how unprofessional it is for her to pose in a bikini when she's actually Whoa. a professional surgeon. Which That's then begs the question, so where is my personal life? Because she wasn't in surgery when yeah. she was wearing the bikini. Not it's not like she's at the hospital wearing a bikini. And that's why I say that area becomes a little bit gray because this is my personal life mm. and I can have a personal life, but I'm also a surgeon. So leeway needs to be given with certain things. And of course, there are things that are just out of question that you shouldn't do, yeah. you know, um, and, and things that you need to look out for that an employer, I mean, if you're going to say, I hate company X and go apply for a job there tomorrow and they bring up your social media, mm. you're going to find yourself having to explain what you meant at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. And I think just be cognizant of that and don't be a troll to that yeah. degree. Okay, well, I want us to pick up the conversation when we come back just on getting the balance right when you are a professional, but at some point you're going to end up partnering yeah. with yeah. either certain brands, certain companies, and how do you get that right? We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Nescafe Classic Grind Sessions as we talk about the grind through the filter of being a professional and balancing that with the social lifestyle of influence. Caroline, before we went to the break, you wanted to touch on the fact that when you put yourself on social media as a professional, you're opening yourself up for scrutiny. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think come in with that knowledge um, and how you're going to position yourself, what you're going to say, what photos you're going to post, because it's going to be there for the world to see for the rest of your life. Mm. So on that note, I think it's also really important to choose your platform in terms of your brand. So, okay. you know, there are different platforms out there. Which one are you going to use to represent yourself in your personal life? Mm. And which one are you going to use to represent yourself in your business life? And your professional life might span across both. It so, might, so, yeah. You know, it I might mean, inter intertwine this. and yeah. be part of, of, of it all. But if that's the case, be cognizant and aware of what it is that you're putting out there. I mean, Dr. Musa, mm. who I know as Musa, I'm very intrigued to know. Do you have a LinkedIn profile? Uh, what, I need to update, <laughs> what I need to update. Here's the thing. The reason why I've always never really had a LinkedIn profile is 
when you're a doctor. So if you're trained in South Africa, you have to do two years of internship, one year of commserve, and then you can generally do whatever you want after that. A lot of people choose to specialize. You can only specialize within state. Mm -hmm. So this whole time, you kind of guarantee the job each time, you know? Okay. No one at HR in the government office says, oh, let me go see what Musa's doing on LinkedIn. No one really cares oh, about that okay. stuff. You send in your very formal CV the way that it's always been. You go and you wait for an interview. You say your English words. You come out of that interview. You get the job. <laughs> And that's the end of that. Your big English word. But it is prepared for instances, yeah. and I think you'd always want to be ready for instances where you step out of that comfort zone yeah. and say, right, now I actually need to go out and look for clients and yeah. look for work and look for things like that. And that's how and when you'd need to set those things up. Do you have LinkedIn, Instagram for work? Like, how, does, how do you set it up for your grind? Um, my line of work is more effective on Instagram than LinkedIn, because, well, obviously Instagram. And also word of mouth is very important for me. You know, um, if I cook for you something and then he says to you, oh, I'm having something at my house, without even asking him, Call she's chef gonna Nolan. be like, hey man, this chick, she came to cook at my house, here's the number. Mm. It, it's that instant for me. So it's LinkedIn, yes, yeah, <laughs> but not <laughs> It's not a thing, it's not no, a vibe. But Caroline, are you looking for people on LinkedIn or are you finding them and then going to check their Instagram? like? When you're connecting yep. companies and people, how are you? I look at everything. So I look across the board. I think what's, what's important to take note of is what it is that you do. Mm. Because there is a platform for different professions, okay? So, so you're in food. It's a visual thing. You want yeah. to see your photos of the food and engaging with your clients. For you, probably Insta, but you're not going to be hopefully posting photos of what you do. <laughs> Um, but, but you're probably using Insta for, for your personal life yes. and, and that sort of thing. And, and, and for you, being a doctor um, requires certain qualifications. Yeah. And you either tick that box or you don't. don't. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so it's pretty cut and dry in terms of those types of qualifications. So yeah. when you're going for an interview, you either have those criteria or credentials or you don't. Or you don't. So, so I think it's really important to note that there is a platform for all these different professions out there. Mm. But the, the bottom line is, however you present yourself, be professional. I know and that you're being watched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the time. Big Brother is watching yeah. you. Musa, as a doctor, you know, when you come to a space where now you are also in the arts, you know, you are also partnering with brands, how are you choosing who you partner with and who you don't partner with because you're still on your nine to five grind, mm. but there's this other side of you and the two of them coexist. Yeah, so I look at it in two ways. The first bit is who I am, mm -hmm. right? And the other bit will live around who client is mm -hmm. and what they want to achieve. So client will not come to me if they don't understand the audience that I have. Mm. And I understand the audience that I have. They want funny Mosa, Mosa that shares work, Mosa that talks about funny things, Mosa that speaks about serious things at the same time. So that mix of both worlds, of the arts, of being a serious person, of being a professional, that's who my people that follow me like and want. And the but, brands coming and to you And the brands come that. to me need to be aware. Not, they might not know it, but they need to be aware. And they okay. briefed very, very early on to say, this is what Musa's profile is and this is what Musa does. If you want to speak to these people, you can use him as a vessel for this specific part. Okay. And I think what I've tried to do over the years is manage it in that way, in that... Um, I mean, during COVID, it got quite busy because people couldn't really go anywhere. Oh. We're stuck in the houses. So a lot of brands were reaching out and saying, do this from home, do that from home. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's great. But when I looked at my page, at some point, it would look like an ad. Yeah, I concur. I think I even muted you during those days. You see what I mean? <laughs> so 
you now need to, I remember thinking to myself, I need to do something outside of these ads because mm. it takes away from why people actually click the follow button mm. in the first place. Mm. And it's always good to remember that, but also remember that what you're trying to sell is exhibit A yeah. and do that. Mm. And do that. And it's about being authentic too. Right. Yeah. So are you, okay, it's fine representing that brand, but is it really who you are? Yeah. Um, and or are you doing it for the money with, you know, with respect? But, yeah. So I think it's important to keep your authenticity all, all across those platforms as well. And I think that's what's key too, because that's how you're going to stand out from everybody else, especially for students who are looking to, to be employed. You know, they, there's a pool out there of resources and students all looking for jobs. How are you going to stand out? And I think that's what's key. Okay, so let's say I'm a professional now. I've made a mess of my social media platform. Like, I, I, what did you call me? Problematic. Yes. <laughs> How do I go about fixing that? How do I go about, you know, turning over a new leaf mm. so that I'm a little more attractive, not only to those that want to employ me, but just to the general masses? So I think as people, we grow. Uh, who and what you were in 2013 and all the things you tweeted then were things that were topical, things were trending, things that were discussion points at that point in time. And you tweeted those things. There's no taking Own that. Own that. It's Own what you that. did. And it is now 2020, seven years later. And you obviously might not be the same person because as people, we're supposed to change. We're supposed to get different inputs coming in and say, oh, I can't believe I thought like that. So stuff will come up. And I think we've seen that over the past year where people get cancelled for things that they did in the past. I don't believe in cancelling people for mistakes like that in the past. I think there are ways to rehabilitate people and get them to see the wrong of their ways. But most importantly, you need to see that, oh, that was problematic at that point in time. So a lot of people nowadays, I think, just as a solution, find themselves deleting old tweets. Yes. So literally find your name, yeah. whatever you used, you used back, name you used back then, and look at any problematic keyword that you want to type <laughs> in. Keyword. And delete what you want to delete, <laughs> and it will disappear off the internet, hopefully forever. Hopefully, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, it's not gone. You can delete it, but screenshots are forever. Somebody's I'm, got it. I'd like to think you really hate me for you to go find a screenshot for something I don't. I haven't even done yet. Well, I'm trying to say it happens. Yes. Haven't you seen with people this year that people had time during COVID yeah. <laughs> to go back and go in the files, right? So, yeah. so I think the important thing there is once you've established that, right, this is who you were, this is who you are now. If there's any discrepancy between the two people, try sort it out by remediating whatever that might be in between. Mm. If you can't do that, I mean, just delete the profile and start afresh as this new person that you want to be. With an underscore. With, a, with yeah. an yeah. underscore. <laughs> <Yeah. and number. laughs> yes. And your title. Don't forget your title. Okay. Yes. Have you made those mistakes? I have, but I also think that along with what you were saying, you've got to be able to show people that you understand what it is that you're doing. Do you know what I mean? For example, if somebody came to me and said, hey, here's coffee, I've got to understand, I can't put coffee with this. I can't put coffee with, give me something, mushroom, for example. Mm -hmm. They don't work together, so I wouldn't be able to put that on my social media. People are going to think this girl clearly doesn't know, what doesn't understand doing, doesn't know. So who she is. Who she is, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So if people can see that you've taken the time to understand what it is that you do, mm. you've taken the time. So when someone speaks to you, they can tell, okay, no, she's legit. Mm -hmm. She knows exactly what it is. It will help in rebranding you. It will help in bringing you back. You are not the same person as you were then. Back then, you can say, I was an accountant, but when someone asked you, was 20 plus 20, mm -hmm. and you couldn't answer 40, but now you can, it will you help you. Because you know better. Because you know better. And when you, you know, know better, better, you do better. Exactly, That's and you opera. understand now that people are watching. Yeah. People are watching, so you've got to be on your toes. Thought leadership is a big thing when it comes to the professional world, and that's something I want us to pick up on after this.
welcome back. So before you can even think of yourself as a thought leader or how you even, you know, start building yourself towards being one of those people in your profession that are taken as the, hmm, there's a gold standard, there's a voice that we can listen to. You have to kind of get employed first, right? So I want to find out from you, Caroline. I'm on my grind right now. I am trying, I'm pushing, I'm hustling, I'm done with the degree. How am I getting myself employed? What am I saying? Yeah. And I think to put yourself out there, you have to have an online resume. So CV is a little bit so last last season, but you've <laughs> got to have that resume. Okay, so so I always recommend the LinkedIn profile. I am a bit biased, but just do it because that is your professional profile. It's also very easy to download, by the way, but that's how employers are going to find you. They're going to look out there for people with your credentials and your criteria, and that's how, they, that's how employers go and look for people to come and work for them. Mm. So you've got to have that. It's got to be a tick in the box. Um, and when you do put your online resume on, on, on LinkedIn, um, what's really important is to use adjectives or key words that talk about who you are. Because when, when people search, that's what they're going to pick up. Oh. Um, so those key words are really important. And in your bio, that's what's going to stand out. So for me, that's always the first step um, for students looking to, to get into the grind. Because it's also, and let me tell you, it's a grind, hey? Yeah, it's, it it's a big grind. A and I think that's what's important for, for students to understand is that it's hard work, okay? It doesn't happen overnight. Yep. Um, so don't get put off if you don't get the job or you don't hear back from a prospective employer. You've got to keep at it, hey? You've got to keep grinding every day. And that's, um, unfortunately, the story of, of your life, for the rest of your life, yeah. after your student life. Um, in terms of being successful. Mm. But just always be true to yourself. I think that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying about describe, use adjective to describe who you are, not what you do. Because yeah. they already, the fact that they're on, the, on your profile, they know that you're a medical something of yeah. some sort. They know that you're a chef, but what kind of a chef are you? What mm. kind of a person are you? You know, I'm brilliant and your next, <laughs> your, your next doctor that needs to be on your team. Is me. Now that I'm, you know, getting myself prepared to kind of like, level up, what would you say your advice is to someone to almost go from level one grind to like top shelf, moving from that starter to the, I'm a person who's taken very seriously in this business. So the reality is South Africa has got a very high youth unemployment rate. I mean, top 10 in the world for sure. Mm -hmm. And that leaves a lot of problems that you have a very high number of people that went to school are equipped somewhat from their schooling and are smart enough to get jobs, but there just aren't any jobs around. And I think with what has happened in 2020 with COVID, that's gonna become even more problematic. What I think young people need to start doing is think of themselves outside of being within the employer-employee type relationships and start thinking around how they can get out of that to make some sort of money out of it. Mm. I'm not saying we must create an app that's going to become a Facebook and you're going to become a billionaire. What I'm saying is think of the small little opportunities that live and exist within your neighborhood. Not something that's going to move you from Soweto to Santin to go get money, mm. but something that's within the township. If there are pieces of paper lying around and bottles and it's dirty, think in that sort of mindset to get your mind activated to try come up with solutioning the problems that you currently face so that you yourself are able to become the solution to the problems that you are currently facing. So no one's going to pay you. It may be a bit yeah. difficult, mm -hmm. but the small little that you can get, and I think just the perpetual sitting at home is what frustrates a lot of people. Yeah. And the ability to say, I want to wake up tomorrow, I'm going to wake up tomorrow so that I can go pick up the trash. 
I've managed to organize 10 guys that live in and around the community that collect the trash for me. I take it to the dump yard and we compress it there and do something else with it. That has now become a business that you've come up with yeah. that doesn't really cost you much except for the low expenses here and there. For doing it. For doing for something. Starting. So I think the level up here comes as a bring it down to basics. Yeah. The people Start, yeah. that make money and will make money in the future are not the tech what what. Yes, those exist. But if you think at a very rudimentary stage of what life requires and what life needs. Small little things, that's how you will get out as someone. Tutuko, mm -hmm. I mean, when you started your grind, and to, it's food. All you're doing is food, basically. But you start at a certain point where perhaps you even want to quit yeah. at times, and you're questioning, did I do the right thing? Mm. What gets you up and every morning and on your grind? I think for me, what was my grind is the fact that I had to I had to my grind being the physical work that I had to do, but also the interactions that I had to do with the people in the kitchen, the, the head chefs, the sous chefs and all of that. Those people are the ones that look at you while you're in your training. Those are the people that are gonna say to you, okay, look, after you're training, you can stay on, you've got the job here. So for me, you know, in the beginning, it was chopping onions. And when I say onions, I mean like this whole room. Full of onions. Full of onions. And your job on that day is to chop them. The next day, it's carrots. The next oh. day, peeled potatoes. The next day, do you know what I mean? You've got, like you were saying, you've got to keep at it. It's difficult. It's difficult. And the other thing that kept me going is that at the end of the day, it's going to be what I want it to be. Mm. That's what pushed me. Mm. At the end of the goals, day, yeah. it's going to be what I need it to be. I have to be able to peel these potatoes in order to get past it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I wasn't thinking money when I started, to be yeah. honest, because I had that understanding. Maybe I'm blessed because of my dad. My dad was like, yo, you want to make money? You must know that in the beginning, you're not going to have work. it. You have to work for it. So I didn't have money as an end goal when I first started. Yeah. I just knew that I needed to be where I needed to be. I think everything you're saying kind of like reminds me exactly of like, you know, one of these where yes. it didn't start off like this. Yep. It started off as a seed, not even a plant, yeah. a seed that had to go into some soil. Yeah. Then there was water and sunlight and whatnot. Then there was growth. Then it was a coffee bean. Then somebody had to pick it. Then it had to be processed. Like it's a process, the yeah. grind is a process. You touched on money and the fact that, you know, once you make the money, how do I make more money? How do I monetize what I'm doing when I'm on the grind? I think it's important to set yourself goals, firstly, and, and those day-to-day -day goals are so important, especially if you're not employed. So, so make sure you wake up every day and you've got a goal for that day. So it's setting the short-term, long-term goals. Yeah. Because in so doing, you are going to achieve stuff. Mm. Um, and then those, those things that you achieve go on your resume. So, so you, you start collecting skills. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think that's what's really important. So you can put yourself out there and say, I was successful in, in a recycling project, for example, albeit in a voluntary base you know, yeah. type of situation. And I think volunteering now is absolutely essential. There's such a need out there, mm. but therein lies the opportunity to learn. So I think if Volunteering you... Volunteering becomes yeah, your money down time. the line. And if you put it on your resume. Yeah. You know, I worked at this organisation or I went in a, in a feeding scheme and helped kids or whatever, whatever it is. I think you must find something, but it's also got to talk to your passion. Mm. Yes. And something that you love doing. And therein, you will get the success. And I don't so think I it's think about the, the kids per se. I think, not to no. say that it's a, it's a bad thing to help the children. Yeah. Please, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's a, it teaches you organisational skills. Yes. It teaches you responsibility. You yeah. had to be yeah. the one that was, you know, controlling yeah, this and yeah. doing that. And that's what I mean by your volunteering can end up being your money, money. down the line. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to find mentors there, sorry. But exactly. I mean, mentors are those people that are in those organizations who are going to see 
that you want to learn or you're passionate and they'll teach you. So, so my, my thing is always find a mentor. Yeah, it's, it's without living idle. So if two people finished varsity at the same time, mm -hmm. did the same degree mm -hmm. and both don't find a job, one stays at home, the other stays at home yeah. as well. In that time, if one decides to take it upon themselves to go to the local creche and volunteer there, or go to the local whatever it might be organization, and they both stay unemployed for two years, this one, when they both apply for the same job, has had two years of stuff yeah. mm. happening versus the other not having done That's anything. It becomes a lapse of two years. I think we, we, we all kind of went through something during yep. COVID yes. where if you didn't have a goal set, and that's, you don't know how long it was going to be, but yeah. you're like, well, look, I've got 35 days of yeah. having to stay at home. If I don't achieve my body goals, my financial goals, my budgeting goals, whatever it might be, this time will end and I wouldn't have achieved anything. Exactly. So people had to make a proactive decision to say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And people now have to make that decision on a daily basis towards an ultimate long-term goal. Yeah. To say that, I want to achieve this at the end of the year, how am I going to get there? Yeah. It requires me to wake up every day, to do A, B, C, D. But also an important thing we need to factor in is, we like going things alone. Mm -hmm. You're an entrepreneur, you feel like you need to do things by yourself because someone's going to steal my idea mm -hmm. or this one's going to do this other thing. I think if individually we take it upon ourselves to bring in all the different elements, the sunlight, the soil, mm -hmm. the watering, all those different things are there. All of these things are different elements that make up this whole picture of getting someone from point A to point B. You're gonna need support. So it's gonna require people to take it upon themselves to look for what they want. You don't have to grind alone. On that, yes, yes. what are other gems of the grind that you would share? Let's start with you, Caroline. I think what's really important is stick to, firstly, I mean, it's such a term, but stick to your knitting. So stick to what you're good at yeah. and what you enjoy doing. And don't give up, hey, because there are going to be failures. There are going to be many failures. So don't be disheartened. Keep sifting through and focusing on where you're trying to get to. Mm. And you will get there. I can guarantee you. It may if be slow at, at the beginning. It's going to be slow. Mm. I won't lie. It's going to be slow. But just focus on that goal. Mm. And if you stick to it and keep that focus, you will get there. Yeah. Yeah. And for you? Um, for me, in the cooking industry, I just want to say, you're dealing with people, people's food. Mm. So that's already personal for the person, mm. not for you. Mm. You are the service. Mm. Don't take it personally. If you take it personally, it will slow you down. Sure. It will definitely slow you down. And because it's food, like time, it changes. Keep reading up on food. Keep evaluating. Keep changing with the times. Keep, and also set a trend. It will definitely help you in the career. Don't boil meat like, you know, our mothers <laughs> used to do. Hey, do hey, that. our moms did great, okay? Yeah, they did do great. <laughs> Absolutely. But if I was to do it the way my mother does it, mm. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Yeah. So grow with the times. Go the grind the never stops and reinventing yourself yep. never stops. Dr. Musa? Yes. <laughs> I think with the grind not stopping, we always look at it as an end goal. Mm. But... The grind shouldn't stop with the little things as they are now. If you are sitting and you're unemployed and you've been looking for a job, and in your looking for a job, it starts to become passive, mm -hmm. that you're just like, I'll send my CV to anyone who will tweet that their job is looking for someone. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a quick story. A friend of mine, a friend of mine uh, wanted a bursary. Uh, didn't have the funds, couldn't qualify for Nesfis because the parents kind of had a little bit of money but couldn't afford uh, to pay for the full sum of the school fees. So what did the guy do? He spent days on days looking on the internet. You know, instead of using the airtime to tweet, using yeah. data to send, to you hashtag. know, to hashtag, <laughs> use the data that they had to spend time on the internet. Not on page one of Google, not page two, page seven, page eight. And this is what this guy did. Spent 
days on days, finding and eventually got a bursary on page eight of Google. Mm. And this person then was able to assist them with the bursary and paid for the rest of their schooling. Wow. Wow. On this day, they owe nothing to anyone. Wow. And that's because they persisted past the point of no or there's nothing on page one. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Go past that point and look for more. Yeah. Search for more and you'll get more. Stay on your grind. Never give Whatever up. it is, no matter how long it takes. You know, you've grown up so much. Sorry, guys. I mean, this is a proud sister moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for your insight. Thank you oh, for thank sharing you. your gems of the grind and thank just letting us know us. that it's possible. Because when I look at each and every single one of you in your own lane, in your own way, that's what you've shown us. That yeah. we just need to stay focused, stay sharp, and stay on our grind. So thank you very much. Well, thank, thank you for you. having me. Thanks very much. That is how we come to an end of today's Nescafe Classic Grind Sessions. I really hope that you are feeling inspired, motivated to keep going for your dreams, to keep going for it. Yes, it, you will get tired. But... Look at everybody in this room and know that everything is possible. Keep following us at Nescafe SA to find out exactly where we will be going next when it comes to the grind sessions. And also, don't forget to listen to the podcast. From me, Ulisani Ravele, Dizone. Ah.